you've tuned in to the Legacy Co. Podcast. I'm Chris Servin, and this is our place where we chat about the harmony between family, business, faith, and crafting a legacy that matters. Just really excited you're here today. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Today, we have such an amazing opportunity to be able to have a conversation with Stephen Elder. So Stephen Elder is, he's like Mount Rushmore of dads in my life, like really. And when I think of guys who are showing up so intentionally in their life with their families, showing up intentionally in their life with their community, showing up intentionally in their life to be able to invest in themselves and that they're just like looking for opportunities to encourage and just lift up others around them. Steven's the guy. And so that's why it just made 100% sense for me to have a conversation with him today and share him with you because he is a gift. And I don't just say that because I see him posting things and saying how he's interacting with other people in his life. I say that because I have been a direct recipient of his goodness and his love and encouragement. And so I just thank you so much today, Stephen, for being here. Thank you for how you've just held my arms up so many times and lifted me up and encouraged me. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. just tell us a little Man, bit about yourself. That's, a, that's, a, that's and, the best intro I've ever had in my entire life. So thank you. Well, <laughs> I 100% mean it, man. It's no fluff. It's 100%. And so I'm just excited for everyone that's listening today to be able to yeah. see a little bit of what I get to see from Stephen Elder. So Stephen, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I am the husband of the famous Wynn Elder. Uh, we've been married for almost 16 years. We have four kids, two precious children we adopted from Ethiopia and two precious girls that we did IVF that were IVF babies. So very thankful for my family. Uh, we live in Bryan, Aguilan, Bryan. People say College Station, but we really are in Bryan. But uh, Bryan College Station is really two cities in one. I uh, lived here for a while and yeah, man, just doing life and we love our church, love our community. We love it here. So living love the lot. Yeah. Love it. I also love a maroon team, but you and, and so we'll play each other they in have, a few months. It's getting close to football season. I'm so excited about that. Need more cowbell. Yeah. Need more cowbells <laughs> for sure. So what are some things that get you fired up in life, Steven? Because you are like a passionate dude. <laughs> it doesn't take much. I mean, I'll just be real cheesy because we're about to start. But for whatever reason, my affections for Jesus are stirred tremendously by college football. I don't know why. Like, that's just it. I mean, we're moving into the fall. And so I love college football. I love the excitement. I think it's because so much effort goes into preparation and process playing at that level. And I don't know if that translates to like how we live life, you know, like preparation and process for doing things as dads, as fathers. I don't know what the connection is. Thing, but so on a different level, I think God really has put inside me um, the excitement to see people come alive, but also to help people. So I'm a big dream guy. So I love to hear people's dreams. I love to encourage people for whatever crazy thing they want to do, because I think that I think God designed this life for us, obviously to experience him, but also to do really cool things and watch him show up right in the impossible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he wants. He wants us to go to that place where we can't do anything, but, you know, in his strength, like all the things that we want to do, we can't do in our own strength. And so there's so many cool dreams out there that people have um, that they're afraid to say, they're afraid to talk about, 
but it's been put inside, you know, since they're little kids. And that could be a financial blessing. It could be like, I want to help connect you with somebody who knows exactly how to help you. So it's a connecting deal. It's blessings broker is what I call it, but it can come in all forms, right? But seeing people come alive in their passion, in their purpose, in their dreams, that's what I love to do. If I could spend all my time every day, that's what I would do is just helping people in that. So, yeah, I, I've been the recipient of that. Like I said at the beginning, and, and the thing is the word that I think of the most when I think of what you've brought to our relationship and probably just like how I see you interact with others is the word belief mm, yeah. is like, you have such a deep belief. Yeah. Like you just really do. When you say it, like some people, when they say things, you're like, I think you might just be saying that and when you believe it, like it feels so authentic and genuine. Yeah. And so like, have you always had that strong belief um, that you bring to others in your life or like, what, where does that come from? Do you? Think? Yeah. So when you asked me this question before, I thought real one, it hit me like a ton of bricks, but like my mom really did instill belief in me as a kid. I did this thing called Iron Kids, it's Iron Man for kids. And she used to always tell me like, you can do anything. You're my iron, iron kid. And so I was probably like in second grade when I started having that sort of spoken over me. And so I think just from a young age, my mom really spoke that into me and I took it, you know, subconsciously started believing it, you know, and I mean, I haven't you know, done an Ironman now as an adult, but like, I do have a dream to go do something really difficult that I feel like God put it inside me a while back. So I think early on as a young kid, it was spoken over me. I just sort of started to believe it. And then that rolled into all the things I did in my life and also sort of how I was molded and different mentors I had spoke that over me as well. So it was a really cool journey of a lot of really uh, awesome people that that theme was always there, belief, right? And so I have taken that upon myself to continue that. And I think that it really does come with experience and repetition, right? Mm -hmm. Believing is the thoughts. We talk about, I'll talk about the thoughts the whole time. But if you tell yourself you can do something and you, you believe that you can, then you will. I mean, that's the way God designed us. It's crazy how our mind works, right? If we start to visualize and picture stuff, like you just start to really, I mean, God has created us to do crazy, amazing things. And even just like in helping people, like, you're like I could never do that. Or I mean, when you start saying that I can never do that, you start to believe it. And so that a lot of us mm -hmm. have been told that you can't do that. You don't have permission. It's too scary. It's too hard. And so a lot of us in our subconscious believe that too. So belief goes in both directions, right? You can believe yes. you can do awesome things or you can believe you can't do awesome things. It's unfortunately, the majority of us believe it's too hard and it's too scary. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the quote is from, but if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Like maybe it was Henry yep, Ford. It was Ford. Um, yeah, but I'd like to really just go back. And so your mom with the Iron Kids, she spoke that belief in you. And, and what I'm learning right now is God has such a unique way to be able to exponentially multiply things, mm -hmm. right? And so because of those things, like with the Iron Kids and, and showing up there, those words spoken over you, that you're able to now multiply that to so many other people, right? To be able to multiply that belief in the lives of so many people. And it just shows how powerful words are. One thing that Elizabeth and I talk about a lot that we try to live by 
is to never withhold an encouraging thought. Mm, that's good. Like when we think about it, just speak yeah. it. Just go ahead and speak it, especially if it's authentic, mm. right? If it's authentic and we notice something in someone or we remember something that someone did in the past or whatever it is, let's go ahead and speak that out because we don't know how in the world that might be multiplied in the future, yeah. right? We don't know how it's going to be used in the present. Like that may be exactly what they need right now, yeah. but yeah. in the future, that might be exponentially multiplied as they're able to have that belief and speak those encouraging words and speak those things over to others. So especially with our children, we're able to bring them close as we're able to like just be that picture of their father in heaven on earth. Like we're, the, we're like the visual picture of that, right? And so being able to bring them close and speak those words over. Well, and too, like if you really think about how powerful it really is, I started a book recently and this guy had a really rough childhood and he got in trouble and he went to jail and the prison guard like noticed he was, you know, he was reading and learning a bunch. And he was like, why are you here? Like, why are you in prison? And he was telling him like how he got there and what crime he committed. And he's like, you know, he's like, like, why are you here? I can see that you're smart. You're capable. You're a hard worker. Like, why aren't you doing something else? And he was like, nobody had ever spoken any kind of encouraging, like, this is all you are. This is all you'll be is this broken down. Yes. Nobody had ever said like, hey, I can see that you're you're smart and you're talented. Nobody ever told him that. And so he didn't believe it. And so when somebody told him that, he was like, oh, okay, well, I am. It can be like literally any small comment that you make to somebody. They might not have ever received any kind of love their whole life. Man. It's like crazy to think about. But that's what God wants to use us for. Like we are vessels of blessing and hope and love and encouragement that he wants to use us for. And so it's, it's just such easy fruit to, to give to people. Yeah. One thing that I love that, and my pastor and I, we've had a conversation about this recently is that yes, 100% we can go to the person that we see, like the dad at the gym, like that we're like seeing, maybe we haven't talked to him and we're like, Hey dude, like I see you showing up every day. Great yeah. job. That like that, that may be just like the guy in that jail. He may not, have had an encouraging word all week mm. and then you're able to be that one guy right and so certainly like there's those opportunities like as we're meeting people but, but once we get closer in proximity with people then we're really able to get almost sniper focused with our encouragement yeah. right and so whether that's in community with the people in our church and our small group whether that's with our connection with our children yeah. right as we're able to bring them close and we're able to just see those little nuances that that Johnny is a little bit different than Sally, and we're able to call that out in him, right? And so I, I love that blessings broker, like just the, to show up and how can I be a blessing, whether that's in my word, in my deed, financially, by action, whatever it is. I believe that we're all we're all blessing brokers in some way, right? But that term, I think for the past like six or seven years, I've been sort of internalizing it and sort of calling that's my that's my identity in the kingdom, uh, and so. I'm really starting to embrace it and run with it. I'm 40. I just turned 41. It took me that long to figure out the phrase. Yeah. But it, but that's the thing is I think as we mature and as we grow in our faith and as fathers and all the things God He reveals so much to us when we like really get to certain seasons in our life when we're just like so desperate for Him, you know. And in 2012 is when we adopted our kids. And that season was like really hard. We had to wait a long time and there was a lot of drama and we didn't think we were going to get our kids. And like, we were like literally dependent every moment, every day on him. 
And I mean, that's the way it should be, right? But that's when he really started talking. We started having these conversations, God and I, about all these different things. And so, yeah, I mean, encouragement is like so easy to do, but we get so focused on ourselves. We, we miss opportunities to bless people because we're just so worried about, we're so afraid of what people think about us. People are more worried about what they think of themselves and what they think of you. I think we're afraid because of what they might think or what they might say if we say something to them sometimes. You know, they're like, I don't want to risk being embarrassed if I say something when they're like, we're just always worried about what people think in every context. And we have to get past that. Yeah, the um, Lookup Collective that I get to lead with Elizabeth and with your wife, Wynn, that's really where the business name came from is that Elizabeth a while back, she really resonated with this um, conversation someone was having or podcast, something she heard where, where people, when they walk into a room, you can do two things. You can have two mentalities. Number one is here I am, or the other one there is there you are, there you yeah. are. Right. And so it's the same thing. It's that same mentality. Like if we're worried about if we're going to be embarrassed by what we say, we're just having the here I am mentality, right? Rather than us saying, there you are. And that's where we believe that we're able to do that whenever we are rooted in what matters, yeah. right? That we know what, what matters to us. We're confident in where we are and who we're called to be. Then we can bring our full selves, our gifted selves that God has placed within us to the world and be able to look up and say, there you and go. That, that, right, I see. And that you. comes from an overflow of what God has done in our lives, right? So we're not needing anything from anybody because we have everything we need in Jesus. Yes. So it's an overflow of his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his blessings. And so that's why we pass it on. I mean, we're called to love others and encourage one another, even if they're not believers, especially if they're not believers, because I just think there's so many opportunities to connect with people, just a real small connection that can grow over time, right? Especially if you're seeing these people in your daily lives, like somebody at the grocery store or somebody at the local coffee shop or whatever it is, teachers that you see at your kid's school. I mean, everybody has something they're going through, something they're struggling with, and they just need love. They need a connection. They need to be seen and heard. And that's where blessing brokers, we can come in and just pass on the love and be like, hey, I see you. Like you're doing a great job. I see you. Love it. I see you. I love to ask this question with folks because it's a little nuanced and different for each one. Yes. Or we believe in Christ. Yes. We're washing his blood. Yes. There's so many like similarities between us, but there's also nuances in the body of Christ and our giftings and how he's wired us and different things like that. And so as someone who is a blessings broker, as someone who has um, just gone on a a non-traditional journey to, to fill your household, right? With your children and all kinds of different things like that. What does the word legacy mean to you? I think legacy to me is a lot of the traditions and the things that we do, we want our kids to also do. So like, I think passing down cool things that we do, whether it be like putting importance on spending time together, connecting, going on adventures. But like when I get to the end of my life, you did that eulogy. Mm. And I look back at all the things that I did. I want to have uh, people talk about like the memories and the fun we had enjoying each other, enjoying our company. I want people to smile when they think of me or if my kids think of me or obviously my wife. and my, I want them to smile and be like, oh my gosh, we had so much fun. I will always remember how much fun we had. 
And so I think it's building memories by doing really fun things, right? And having my kids want to go build memories and have fun with their kids, you know? And so it's just sort of like a, it's what we, our values and our kind of our mission statement. Uh, we have these different things we have that are important to us, our values, you know, and those are different from a lot of people. We're not, we're not your t- prototypical, normal American family. Uh, we like to do things differently. And so, yeah, legacy to me is like passing on the, the fun, if you will, the ability to go make memories and have fun and do really cool things. Right. And that can be in the form of literally whatever that looks like for your family, going camping, going on hikes, going to the park. I mean, it can be simple going to get ice cream, go to the park. Like that might not be a big deal to us as parents, but to kids, like the time that we spend together and the, the memories we build, the things we do, like they treasure those, they treasure those. And so we're going, we're going to go on an RV trip this fall. And my son camp has been talking about it for the past six months. He is so excited about the RV trip. And I don't know why he likes RVs so much. He just does. And so we're going to go and he's going to, we're going to go to the beach and have fun and make memories. That's what we're going to do. And so I like to think of my life. I want there to be a lot of fun. And my, and my daughter Asher right now is in this real awkward tweener face, you know, and I'm always trying to embarrass her. Like she'll look back, I think, in one day and be like, oh my gosh, my dad was just trying to have fun. Yeah. He was trying to be funny. And so, yeah, that's what legacy means to me. I love that you you spoke about this is what I want people to smile when they think about me. I want them to have memories. I want them to continue on the connection with their family. So that's the end in mind, right? But then you immediately went back to this is how this looks in my day-to-day to get to that point. Yeah. Like I think that's so important for us to know that that legacy doesn't have to be um, just whatever happens. Like we just throw a bunch of stuff in a barrel and then whatever comes out at the end is just our legacy. But but like we can intentionally craft it. Like we can do those things like the RV trip. We can do those things like having the intentional front. We can do those things like you guys do with waffle and, and bacon every Saturday. We can do those things that are daily crafting the thing of where we're wanting to go. Yeah. Right. Like those core values. And so that's the important thing is, is that you get to decide. And so a lot of times I talk with guys and I ask them that question. We think that's a luxury. It's a luxury that we would, you know, I don't, I don't get to do that. Like I have bills to pay and, and mouths to feed yeah. and no work to do. Right. And so I can focus on that later. Well, well, why? Why? That's the part where I feel like we get it wrong. I think that even if you have, I don't have a typical you know, nine to five, eight to five, whatever job I've been blessed. And also, you know, it's, it's a heavy, it's a heavy, we both have heavy burden to bear being entrepreneurs yes. and then running our own businesses. Cause you don't really have yes. vac- I mean, vacation time. Like you have, you're pretty much always on, but in that you can fit in, you know, a lot of connection time with your family. That is the, that's the best part about what we do. Having time freedom, right? And so most people think, well, I've got to go to work. I've got to yeah, pay bills. I mean, you're exactly right. So, and then we have all these sports. A lot of people are doing sports, which that's great. But the time that we have with our kids is very limited. I mean, 18 years um, at home goes by in a flash. We're more than halfway there with, with our two oldest. I mean, they're 11. So we have, I have one that's going to be 15 in a couple of months. And I'm like, how is that? You have three summers left with her, right? Talking about Rosalind, three summers. And so 
when you start to boil down the time that we have, you got to really look at the long game, right? Long game says she's not going to be here in our house, under our roof for the rest of her life. And that's sad. And so you have to really kind of put an emphasis on how much time you want to spend with her, given the amount of time you have left. Right. And so that's kind of where we put our values is saying we don't have a ton of time with our kids. So we're going to do as much as we can. We're going to sacrifice some things, you know, like some families, they can connect at a soccer field on a Saturday morning playing soccer games. Uh, That's awesome. We've chosen to keep our Saturday mornings for waffles and coffee and bacon and hanging out and just being together. Like that's what we want. That's what we like to do, but like, that's not everybody, you know? And so if you can figure out how to make those, you know, pockets of time work for your family, but you have to be intentional with that. And so as you think about just as dad's legacy, I mean, you can only build so much in the time we've been given. And we're not even guaranteed tomorrow, Chris. I mean, I should have died last year when I had my appendicitis, but it wasn't my time to go. It wasn't my time to go because my appendicitis ruptured and for a month was it somehow formed a cocoon. I don't know what happened inside my body, but a month later I had surgery to get the ruptured appendix out. Anyways, long story short, but like, I think that as you look at legacy, you have to look at time. You go, they're hand in hand, right? How much time do we have? And I mean, like, I'm excited about all these different, we talk about seasons. When and I talk about seasons a lot, every season we're like, we just came out of a season of diapers. Like we're done with diapers. Our youngest, yes. yeah. Our youngest is potty trained. Like we were in a season for almost 12 years of diapers. Well, 11 years of diapers, like diapers, nonstop diapers, every day diapers. <laughs> and so we're done with that. But like, we're moving into the season. We're going to have teenagers. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then you move into the season of like driving. They're going to be driving. So time is very much like urgency is at the utmost because we don't know how much time we have left. And so we just make sure that we're intentional about making the memories and doing whatever kind of legacy we want to do now. Right. Because we're just not guaranteed tomorrow. The thing is the word that you need to write down, you need to put in your notes, you need to just burn it in your mind is intentional. Yeah. Okay. We're not at the whim of everything else in the world. We're not at the whim of someone else making our calendar. We're not at the whim of the season and the stage of life that our kids are in. We're not at the whim of all those things. We can choose to show up in an intentional way today and we can choose to not show up in an intentional way today as well and so just because it's the cultural norm just because it's what everybody else is doing just because it's what we think we should do does not mean that we have to do it but but it's why it's so important to know where we're going what is the legacy that we want to leave even if it's just today right what do we want to leave and then how do we actually work backwards from there because if we're just traveling in this weird direction that we don't know where it is or the direction that we're supposed to go in or the direction that we feel pressured to go in, then we're going to end up down a road that we don't want to go in. We're going to end up down a path that we're not satisfied in. We're going to end up down a path that's kind of empty, right? And so so that's why it's important for us to, to wherever we are today, like what's the next step that we can take towards that? Legacy? I think too, Chris, I think I told you when I turned 40, I had a really cool time. I spent time like thinking about all the different seasons of my life, the past four decades, or really just the past two decades. But it was so cool to see where God has brought me from 
uh, through the different seasons of life. And so as I'm thinking about where I've come, what, what God has done, I start looking to like what he will do in the future. And I start to really visualize what I want my life to look like, right? That encompasses time I want to spend with my kids, time I want to spend with my wife, things I want to do, places I want to go, like goals I want to hit, even just like fitness stuff. There are so many cool things for us to experience and do in life. And even just the time that we have on earth, let's just say we live to where we're 100. That's not even a, that's just such a small amount of time for us to do everything we want to do in life. So if you start to really look at like, how much time we have left and all the things that have happened, you can start to really hone in on what you enjoy doing, what you were created to do, your purpose, right? And what makes you come alive. That's what's really important is like knowing what makes you come alive and knowing like who you are, your identity in the kingdom of God. That's really important. And so if you don't know that, I just encourage people that are listening to this to really seek that out. Start asking questions, ask, have a conversation with people that know you and especially God, and start asking him to show you that if you don't know that, because that's important. So you might be listening and you're like, okay, I hear you guys. Like, I get it. I can choose and craft the legacy that I want to choose based upon my values and things like that. But you don't know my situation, dot, 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 right? And so, Steve, as we're thinking about these things, because really it's like trying to bring harmony between all these different things, like harmony in the way that we show up in the world, harmony in our life, harmony in in our relationship with Christ and others and different things like that. What's the biggest obstacle or or some obstacles that you face when you're trying to do these things? So, So you've got your values, you know where you're going, but at the same time, like, we know that's not 100% all the time, right? So what are some obstacles that you might face? I think to bring all becoming those. really comfortable. If you get too comfortable, like I've been guilty a lot in the past 10 years of my life of watching too much TV and being too comfortable, right? Those aren't things that are going to bring me joy and peace and happiness at the end of my life. When I'm looking back and thinking like, golly, I just loved how much TV I watched. I just loved how much crap food I ate. Golly, I just love sitting on my couch and doing nothing. We can be convinced of the comfort. Like I just need to veg out. I just need to, and I'm guilty of that. Like I, I love to watch a show at, late at night, and but that's not benefiting me. So I think like getting stuck in bad habits are something that we can really look at and say, I don't want to do that uh, long-term, long, the long game, keep thinking long game. I don't want to do that for the next 10 years of my life, five years of my life. So start to look at little things that are, that are stopping you from becoming the best version of yourself and start to remove bad habits, start to change the way you think and the way you look at your kids and the way you look at your life, right? God calls us to do amazing things. And so we need to be in communication with them. So start communicating with them, you know, more about, about what you're called to do. And so if you, if you feel like there's no, I don't want to say tension, but if you don't, if you don't feel like there has to be some sort of uncomfortability in your life. Okay. Most people don't like that. They don't like feeling naked fish out of water, but that is a good thing. Like you, you want to be in that place where you feel tension and you feel fear and risk. Um, people don't want to be in that place, right? They don't want to have pain, suffering, but we need that. that. That helps us feel alive and that helps us to go to those places where God's calling us to grow. That might be doing a physical activity that's really hard that you can't do and whatever it is. It could be talking to somebody, having a conversation, 
forgiving somebody from your past. There, there's somebody in my life mm-hmm. I have not had a good conversation with. I, I would plan on writing a letter that hurt me in the past, right? That, that did something to me yeah. that I'm still holding on to. So we have to like let all that stuff go to have clarity with the father. So yeah, I think that if you're too comfortable, that's not a good thing. I mean, depending on yeah. which way you want to go. If you want to stay normal and stay where you are and status quo, but I, me personally, if I'm feeling too comfortable and then something's really wrong, I need to get in that place where I feel uncomfortable. I got it. I mean, uncomfortable is a good thing for in my book. I agree a hundred percent. And the thing is, is that the reason why it's so easy for us to hang out in that comfortable state is that our brains are wired to do that. So our brains are wired to seek pleasure to avoid pain and conserve energy. Right. All that equals comfort. Right. And so that's where our brains are exactly where they want to go. But the truth is like, that's not where growth is. That's not where amazing things happen typically. And, and so a lot of those things that you were mentioning are things like watching TV, scrolling way too much on Instagram, doing all those things are just like we're buffering and numbing ourselves out. Exactly. Like we're just, we're just conserving energy. Because if you've ever done this before, how, how mind-numbing it can be when you just sit there and scroll Instagram reels like one after the other, after the other after the other, after the other. And then you look up and it's been like 15, 20 minutes and you're like, whoa. Like, was I like, like that. If you have a phone, you're, we're all guilty of that in some, in some way. Yes. Unless you've mastered it, uh, which very few of us have done. We're all, we're all guilty of that, right? Yes. I mean, it's, the thing is, is we all are because I heard someone say, I can't, I, it was Tim Ferriss said it on someone's podcast recently. I can't remember. But I mean, social media sites, those people are so brilliant that, us just bringing willpower to the situation is like bringing a knife to the gunfight. Like it's really yeah. impossible. So it's not just a willpower thing. There are tools and, and, you know, I have another episode that I've talked about some tools and things like that. But the thing is, is that there, there are a lot of these habits are sneaky. Right. They're not like, it's not like you're going out and you're, you know, just like totally neglecting your family, leaving for three and four days on end and like having this, rager party that you're like walking in on a Monday in a stupor, right? right? They're very sneaky. They'll, they'll just, they'll just snatch 15 minutes here. They'll snatch our attention there. They'll, they'll take those things. And so that's where we can really ask the question. Here's the question that's been the unlock for me. And again, this is a journey for me. This isn't something that I have at all mastered, but like this activity right now, is it serving me? Mm. This activity that I'm doing Is it, that's why it's so important to know what am I wanting to create? Where's the legacy that I'm wanting to leave? What are those things that I value? How does this thing that I'm currently doing fit into that? Right now, now certainly I'm learning. I'm on a path right now where I'm trying to realize and learn that rest is productive. Okay. So, so like I can look at rest at times and say, okay, this is serving me this thing right now, stepping away from the computer, stepping away from work right now. This is serving me because tomorrow I'm going to crush it, right? And so I can take a Sabbath today and connect with my family. I can do some things around that, whatever that looks like, right? And so that's the question. So it's not necessarily the activity that we're doing. We just need to define, is this activity serving me? So sure, if you want to at the end of your life be like, that dude was a baller at Instagram Reels and he knew all the funny memes and, and he knew all the things, then of course, by all means. 
Spend all of your time there because that's what you're wanting to create with your life. But if you're wanting to create something special with your life, something that makes an impact, something that is being a blessings broker, something that is seeing those people and encouraging them, then we're going to have to put some of those other things aside and we're going to have to be able to get uncomfortable a bit. Yeah. And I think too, Goggins is, he's the perfect example, but like (laughs) he has mastered early, at least it seems like he's mastered the ability to endure pain, right? And I think that so many of us are so afraid to feel pain, even in, I'm talking even the emotional sense, because there's a lot of emotional pain that he talks about in his book. He was, his book is so good and it's so hard, like it's to listen, but like so many people are going through, I'm talking about emotional stuff now, pain that we don't want to touch, right? Physical pain is different because that's just like, that's temporary, but the emotional pain can go on for years. And so I think too, if I'm not confronting stuff from my past that's still haunting me, uh, which is uncomfortable, right? It's painful. I'm not growing as a man, as as a woman, as, as a mom, sure. as a husband. As a, We have to work through those hard situations. And it, it can rear its ugly head whenever it wants, that trauma, those triggers, and that pain. And so that's, that's another thing too, is like when has taught me a lot and I've learned from counselors and different people, but you got to walk through that stuff to be whole and to be healthy and to be somebody who can be a blessings broker. Cause if, if I'm emotionally healthy, I'm not going to be a good boss blessings broker, right? I'm not going to be a good husband or father to my kids. If I have all this junk inside me that I haven't dealt with. So same kind of thing. Yeah. The only way through is through, right? Like we can kick the can down the road all we want to. We can try to skirt it. We can try to go around it. But stuffing, kicking the can, those types of things, it's there. Yeah. It's going to rear its head and it's going to hinder us from showing up and with fullness in the ways that we want to. So as we wrap this thing up, I've been waiting for this part of the conversation the whole entire time. So you mentioned earlier about how you had an emergency appendectomy last year and, and how you were like, you know, struggling through it for probably about a month. What you didn't say, though, is during that month, you were in the process of doing the 75 hard program, right? And, and so you were still doing your two workouts a day. You were still doing all of your stuff like that, drinking your water, reading your books, doing all those things. And just like hard-headed as can be, just like going through it, right? Yeah. But then you had to actually, you had to stop because you were put into the hospital because you were, you know, at the point of death. Um, That's not funny, but it's just the truth, right? And so I want to talk about what happened this past Saturday. Um, So tell us what what happened. Uh, So I finished 75 hard for the first time. Yeah. And it's so funny because like I had this picture in my mind of what it would feel like. And it was sort of, I mean, I've gotten so used to doing all the things. It's not a big deal, right? Like drinking, like I'm drinking, I've been drinking my water this whole time because I'm just like, of course. Uh, and like, I didn't do two workouts yesterday. It was the first day in 75 days I hadn't done two workouts and mm-hmm. I felt weird about it, but I did swim with the kids, which was sort of a workout, but I'm so ready to like keep the momentum going. Cause I've formed these habits, right? I've formed these habits to where it's just, I don't even think about it because that's what it's intended to do. I feel like it's just gets you on this rhythm of working yes. out, of reading, of, of eating health, and just being conscientious about how we do our days, right? I mean, I think that if you don't have some sort of healthy rhythm as a guy, as a man right now, unless your body is just really good at all the things, you don't have any health issues, 
if you don't figure something out now, and I mean, mid to late thirties, early forties, the next 10 years of your life are going to be very rough. So like we talk about choose your hard, there's a poem, there's a thing that choose your hard, like being fat is hard. Being skinny is hard. Being all the things are hard. So either choose the hard where it leads to an unhealthy future or choose a hard that leads to a healthy future. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the fact that I've finished it, but to me, it's just the beginning of a new journey. I agree wholeheartedly with all of that. Um, and so a few minutes ago, we were talking about how being comfortable is probably keeping you stuck where you are and, and, and look for ways to get uncomfortable. If you're looking for a way, go ahead and just look up 75 yeah. hard, go ahead and download the app. Listen to the podcast. It's with a guy named Andy Frisilla. He'll explain the whole program to you. It's probably, like, I don't say, like, it's the only reason, but it's a definite reason why you're actually listening to this podcast right there now. There's so many things about that. It was paramount in my life last year when I completed it. Just because of, like, everything Stephen said, the, the time management that you learn, the discipline that you learn all of those different types of things, it's helpful. Like it's not the only thing, yeah. right? Like you can, there's been guys that have been self-disciplined and made an impact on the world for all of history and all of humankind. However, currently in our, in our society and in the way that we are currently living, if you're looking for a place to get a little uncomfortable, 75 hearts is a ticket. So if you start that program, let us know. We want to know, we want to cheer you on. And none of the habits I would say none of the, the things that are in there are things that you're not going to want to continue to do. Like, like through just 10 pages a day over a course of a year, you can read like 16, 17, 18, like a crazy amount of books yeah. throughout the year that you're able to just really grow in yourself because that's an important thing is investing in yourself, being able to grow, being able to be able to keep your word to yourself, being able to just invest in your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health. All of those things are the things that are going to be able to give you the energy to be able to show up in that and daily craft that legacy that we talked about at the beginning. And I think too, doing hard things where you're pushing your body, like in the moment it's painful and it hurts. Mm. But after you've done something really hard and you look back, you're like, wow, like I did. And, and then you just become like you get a dopamine release, but you also become confident in your ability. We talked about yes. that in the beginning, right? Doing hard things. So like every hard thing that you do, you open yourself up to a whole new level of doing things that you never thought possible, right? And so 75 hard does that. 75 hard makes you believe, believe that you can do hard things. Correct. And like, what are you capable of now? Like after doing that for 75 days in a row. I mean, that is, it's extremely hard, but you, you do it and you're like, wow, I did it. I can go do a lot of earth. And you just confidence builds. I love it. And like you said at the beginning, our thoughts can really, and our belief can really determine how we show up in the world. Yeah. And a lot of times those thoughts and beliefs are coming from evidence. And so we can have a mountain of evidence that we don't show up for ourselves, that we've only, that we've tried something and it didn't work, that that I don't have the time, that whatever, or we can build a mountain of evidence around I keep my word to myself, a mountain of evidence that I can do hard things, a mountain of evidence that I do hard things, right? And those are the types of things that, that are going to lead to, and again, 
it's not like us completely changing everything in our life. It's just one thing. Yeah. And this one thing is a domino effect that can really maybe lead to you having a podcast in the future, maybe lead to you starting a small group in your community, maybe lead to you showing up in a way that currently you can't even dream. And it's because you chose to do some hard things over the course of 20, 30, 75 days. Yeah, that's good. So as we wrap up, you mentioned it a bit at the beginning. I want to just talk, I just want to say, okay, so when they're gathered around your casket, when they're talking about Steve-O, what are they going to say? What do you want them to say? I know you want them to remember that smile and the fun and you want them to smile, but like, what are they going to say? I think they're going to all have great stories to tell to their kids and grandkids about all the cool, fun things we did and how crazy I was. I'm not ashamed of who I am and being crazy. Like I love being who God created me to be and crazy Steve-O. Like I love doing things that people are like, what did you do? Like, how did you do that? What, tell me about, I want to hear about that. So I think like besides, you know, just doing, making memories and having fun, like Steven gave it his all and he served so like God used him for such amazing, cool things. And I'm so happy that I got to be a part of his life. I'm so glad that we were friends. I'm like, I want people to be like, not thinking highly of me, but like in a, in a way where we shared a connection, we were connected, right? I want people to know the love of Christ. I want people to say, oh my God, I saw Jesus in me. I saw uh, some amazing things because he served so faithfully or whatever it is. I just want people to smile. That's really, that's really all it boils down to. If I can make people smile and feel some sort of emotional connection, they, maybe they're reminded of their dream, right? What's your dream? I want people yes. to chase their dreams. So that's it. Love it. Well, I've known you for probably four or five years now. And, and I can confirm that you've already accomplished all those things in my life. And so I can't wait to see what the next 50 oh, holds and how there's just story after story. One in particular was recently the kids, they were uh, my parents, they had a water slide in the backyard yeah. and the kids were going up and down, up and down, up and down. And they're like, dad, come on. And I was like, I don't know. No, like I've, I'm super white and pasty right now. I've, I wasn't really prepared to do this. I'm definitely not looking beach ready currently and things like that. But then that voice on the side of my little shoulder pops up and is like, what would Steve-O do? <laughs> what would Steve-O do? Steve-O would go down the slide. And so it. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out here in all my pasty white glory and I'm going to jump on this slide. And you should have seen the joy in those kids' there face. You go. And so that's, that would be the moment and the memories that they remember. That's, that's it right there. That's it. Thank you so much for sharing all that You're with welcome, us, Steve. And I'm just so excited for, for those of us that have listened to be launched out as blessings brokers into the yes. world. For those that have listened, that we're able to say, these are the core values. These are the, this is the life that I want to create. And this is how I'm going to intentionally show up in my day-to-day -to, -day to be able to create that life. Go have fun and Thank chase your dreams. That's it. Thanks so much. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. And um, we can't wait to talk to you next time.